Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Conference championship weekend in the NFL is here. Blaine, Johnny, join me as always. The AFC and NFC championship games are this Sunday, January 28th, and we are going to talk about them all. Boys, it's really dwindling here in terms of the podcast season. It's uh, it's sad tonight to look on the slate and see only two games, but my God, could they not be bigger? The Kansas City Chiefs are going to go on the road to take on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore for the AFC Championship, and the Detroit Lions are going to head to the West Coast to take on the San Francisco 49ers from the NFC Championship game. Detroit Taylor is going to join us here in a little bit, but let's hear from the boys first. Johnny, we'll start with you. Let's get the E up, brother. We need you. Chiefs need you. Great to have you tonight, buddy. It's so awesome, man. And I'm, the E's up. I just, you know, if any of the listeners or parents, like I'm just a little worn out. Uh, potty training my son right now. You know, he's he's like two and and it just a full toddler mode. And so, um, but but you're so right. The E's got to be up high. You can never take this weekend for granted. And us Chiefs fans to sound as you know humble as possible have grown accustomed to even being in this game the chiefs have been in this game since 2018 this is the first time since then that they haven't hosted that game i didn't even know you chandler i didn't know blaine chandler introduced blaine and i but chandler i didn't even know you like back then wow you know we've been doing this podcast for three seasons they've been to this game every time it's just <laughs> it's just psychotic um, that that we've had this much success this early in Patrick Mahomes' career. We'll talk plenty about him and the rest of the guys on the team, but just, you know, take a moment to smell the roses and just appreciate that we are once again in this game with a little bit of a twist, like you said, going out to Baltimore, going to another hostile environment. Chiefs have proven that that doesn't really matter to them, but going to play a football team in the Baltimore Ravens, that are the best team we've played all year. By a long shot. This is an amazing football team, both sides of the ball and special teams. And I'm excited to break it down with you guys. Awesome, Johnny. Blaine, what's up, buddy? Yeah, that threw me for a spin. I was like, God damn. I mean, it, it it's AFC Championship. Like, you got to be so fucking stoked. And then when we got on here, Taylor's like, you know, we're like, what do you guys do for the Super Bowl? The possibility of getting there, like just the excitement to maybe play in a Super Bowl. It's something that the Chiefs fans, we have... Just like you said, Johnny got accustomed to, so I needed that perspective. And it's good to hear Taylor. I'm glad he's here to talk about that. Get me excited uh, for the Lions too. But the Ravens last time that they played in an AFC Championship, 2013. So um, I know their fans are excited as well. The bank will be rocking. Two great games. I feel like the 49ers and the Chiefs have been here quite a lot recently. But Ravens, Lions uh, just kind of brings two different angles. And this is a lot of fun and awesome weekend ahead. And Super, super excited for it. Well, boys, no better time to jump into the slate. We're going to start ahead of the first game. Detroit Taylor joins us as always. The Detroit Lions are headed out to San Francisco to take on the Niners. Uh, Taylor, real quick, last week, let's run us through the game. Your highs, your lows, your feelings. Baker, drive before the half. Felt dicey, maybe? I don't know. Would love to hear your thoughts, and as always, welcome back, brother. Hey, good to be back, guys. But you know what? I got, you know, I got one feeling about the game, and that's that we won. 
And that's really the only feeling that matters right now, guys. I tell you what, it was one of those games where Baker, you know, he was kind of hot going in, going into the game. The whole team was hot. But I really think, again, Ford Field was absolutely rocking. Yeah. I mean, that place is so hard to play in. We almost caught the Chiefs' decimal record. You know, I wanted that bad. I wanted to come on here and say that we did. But, hey, at the end of the day, guys, we won. And I think that the and I think when you're a Lions fan, you're so accustomed to losing and finding ways to lose that that game was one of the most incredible games, even though we screwed up the kneel at the end and they could have got the ball back. We'll get into all that. But, guys, we won the game. We're playing the NFC Championship game. First time in my lifetime. I am absolutely stoked. Yeah, that is crazy, and, and it ties in well with what Johnny said in his open. We've just gotten so accustomed, and Blaine kind of said it as well. Like, this is your first one. I remember what it felt like to be waiting for Tom Brady. Now, of course, a different circumstance with the quarterback you're going to face, but I still remember that feeling of being in that moment. Yeah. You're going to love it on Sunday. Um, you said in the, uh, in the pre-pod show that you had potential to fly out there Maybe give us a little bit on that. Yeah, I got a buddy who works for the Dolphins in sales, and all those salespeople, they got connections, you know, with everywhere they go, and he's tight with the 49ers person. Calls me up after the win, and he's like, hey, if I can get tickets, are you in? I go to Southwest, had a flight ready to get booked, 749. It was <laughs> ready to go. I was leaving Saturday, coming back Monday, and uh, I haven't got the ticket yet. But if he texts me, I'm telling you, I'm going. There's no doubt in my mind. I'll spend the money, go to San Fran. We got at least two feet of snow here. Nothing would be better than being cool California. Take down CMC, take down Devo, take down the ultimate 49ers, the unbeatable 49ers. I mean, we're playing with house money, but we're going in there to win the game. Um, real quick, if this scenario plays out, and then we'll get into the game, I promise. What jersey are you rocking? You jersey go- guy? I'm a Jersey guy. I go Barry yep. Sanders, 94, okay, 94 special mm. edition. It was the year that he broke the, uh, the all-time rushing record single season. That's my go-to for the big ones. That's a great jersey. Yeah. I really respect that, too. Wow. That's got to be what, – what are the top Lions – okay, non-Lions fans. Real quick, let's do a segment. We only had two games. We might riff, it, riff a little bit, you know, tonight. We got some topics we want to discuss. What are like the number one Lions jerseys that you would want if you just bought one as a non-Lions fan? Like a Calvin Johnson, uh, maybe a Stafford Lions. Yeah. Um, Barry. I'm a big fan of the flow on Alex Anzalone. Big fan of the flow. So okay. I might be rocking Not a bad like. you guys know I love. A, you guys know I love a white linebacker. I've always been the guy who loves a white linebacker. That's so fair. That's, I mean, that's, I'm I, mean about the, that. I think the Laporta's getting up there, too. That dude's been fun. Alvin Raw yeah. as well. Alvin Raw has been up there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to wear the Laporta after the shit I was spewing out week one. <laughs> yeah. I think I have to wear that one. Yeah. I'm sending a Laporta jersey. Hey, before this season, one of the best-selling jerseys was our punter, Jack Fox. I'll tell you, Iowa style. That's how pathetic we've been. We celebrate the punter. You know, Jack, you'll go to a game and see Jack Fox jerseys around. But, you know, Herman Moore is a classic. Scott Mitchell Charlie Batch, Corey Schlesinger. I could go on for days with the old Lions, the losable Lions, but we love wearing those jerseys. Jack Fox, former standout for the Chiefs in preseason. He was uh, on the Chiefs with Dustin Colquitt, and we, of course, kept Colquitt, and he went to Detroit. That's right. 
And I also great, I've got a great story about Jack Fox. Former teammate and roommate of mine, JT Granado, listener of the Figure It Out podcast. Before he transferred to Missouri State, he was a rice owl. Rice in Houston, Texas. Jack Fox, rice owl. Roommates at rice. How about that for a small world? I have a roommate roommate with Jack Fox, I guess you could say. So <laughs> how about that for, for a good story on the Figure It Out pod? Well, let's uh, let's go. Wait, to the- one more, one more, one more. Dan oh. Campbell played for the Lions, right? Wasn't Dan Campbell on the Lions? He was. It's an impossible jersey to find. Yeah. You think you'd see him all the time? He only played one season or two, and then he got cut or something. That is an elite jersey, but you don't want to buy the custom one because that's cheating. Right? Yeah. I swear. You, can't, you can't do the custom jerseys if you can find a Dan Campbell. If any listener has a Dan Campbell jersey. Put it in the comments. I'll pay whatever for that boy. <laughs> wow, that would be that's a great call too, Johnny. I forgot that he did. Great call. Um, let's go to the game, guys. Let's go to the game. Big game, obviously. Detroit, San Francisco, the Cinderella, the David and Goliath. You would say in terms of who's been there and who hasn't. This game has an amazing storyline, and I think that both these games are so cool because I think they're kind of almost in a weird way carbon copies of each other in terms of one team feels like they're, they have the best roster in one conference. The other feels like they have the best roster in one conference. The Niners being this case coming into this game on paper have probably the best roster top to bottom in the NFC. Um, now last week, it did not look good. The Packers came in very hot. I think both the Ravens and the Niners were, um, hindered with a little bit of rest versus rust situation where both teams kind of started out a little flat Ravens. Obviously it was 10, 10 at halftime. And then they go on an absolute tear. Um, Cause I think they kind of woke up and realized where they were at the Niners. I don't think did the Niners. I don't think did. I don't think the Niners do that this, this week. I think that they come out with a little bit more, um, maybe not necessarily skill level, but a little bit more urgency I think they try to establish the run early. And if one thing for Lions fans, I don't love the secondary play right now, especially against the pass. I really don't. If if Brock Purdy can put that game behind him, just like you said, Taylor, the Niners won. The Niners won. They did what you had to do in the divisional round to earn another job or, a, excuse me, another opportunity. Brock Purdy comes out. They try to throw it around. Debo status is a huge part here. But I want to talk maybe more on the 49ers from the Figure It Out pod hosts because we know we have our Lions. Blaine, let's start with you from the Niners' perspective. You like it, what I'm saying? You haven't been much of a Purdy guy. Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't been much of a Purdy guy. But also, I think last week, the weather was – I mean, it wasn't pouring down rain, but he just never looked comfortable. He's wearing a glove, and then he took it off, and there was a situation where he was wiping his hand off and – I don't know. That was just an odd game. Drop picks everywhere, drop balls, slipping, cleat changes. The Niners just never looked comfortable, and obviously Purdy didn't. But Purdy didn't through the rest of the game. Why? Because Debo wasn't around for a lot of that. Debo is massive. And it's hard to talk about this game without knowing how many snaps Debo is going to play because it's, the Niners are a completely different team. Eight and nine since 2019 without him. Eight and nine. I mean, it, it, I. Steve Fezzik is one of the best sports uh, gamblers in, in history. 
And he said he grades the Niners a two-point spread difference without Debo, the most of any player in the history that he's ever recorded a team being that much of a difference. And that I, I don't know. So it, it's it's hard to tell. Obviously, their their front's really good. This game will get into some of the X's and O's against Lions versus 49ers, but I just really need to be proved that the 49ers can win a big game like this with Brock Purdy because they did it with Garoppolo there a few times. But I just, you know what? There's there's a lot to be left. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know who Brock Purdy will show up to be. That, that's my biggest question with the 49ers. Johnny, what about you on the 49ers? I'm worried about them. Um, you guys know I made my thoughts very clear about the 49ers before the season. It was my bold take that they wouldn't make the playoffs. Obviously, it was so, so stupid. But I felt a lot about them like I felt about the Titans last year. And um, I'm worried about him. Now, the weather's supposed to be better. We've seen that Purdy is not able to throw the ball in the rain. It's been like that for a long time. But it looks like the weather's going to be a good part of this. Debo, like you're saying, is the big factor for me. He was obviously a huge part of that game plan at the very beginning. He had two touches for 24 yards at the beginning, and he went out. You know who filled his shoes in that role? Jawan Jennings and Chris Conley. Former yeah. Chief Chris Conley. Those oh. two combined for those two combined for six catches and seventy-eight yards. And Juwan Jennings was running some of that sweep action that Debo gets, and he runs like a four-seven. Yeah, those so two that's are not hard. what they want. They're hard. horrible, horrible. And if Debo can't go, which all the reports are saying that it's truly going to come down to the game, I, I tend to think he's going to go because I read that it's a pain management issue. Like there's no tears or breaks or anything. So. He might go, but if he's limited at all, I mean, I think that is that is massive for the Lions. Like, so initially, I, you know, we'll talk about the Lions more, and we'll let Taylor give his thoughts first. But I am I'm worried about San Francisco here, guys, a ton, be, just because you know, yeah, there's the rest versus rust thing. I want to see the number one seed play the seven seed and come out and kick their ass, and they just didn't look great from from the start, even though they did win the football game. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan too. I mean they lost their last two NFC championships. Like, yeah, he's great. He schemed it up. He's done well, but there is some question of time management and big games, what he does. I mean, in that Super Bowl, it felt like the 49ers had us beat, what, two or three times, and uh, Shanahan kind of shit it down his leg. But big game here at home. We'll see if they can finally uh, get back on track in, the, in an NFC championship. It'll be interesting. And Purdy was, like, legit. You know, I'm going to steal this because, you know, friend of the show, Nick Wright, um, said this on on his show purdy was legit like the worst player on the field at times in that game there was like a throw they had in goal to go that he just like threw like a pitcher throwing a breaking ball it hits in the grass and you know in front of the home plate like he just skipped one really poorly you could tell he just wasn't comfortable the entire time and so um yeah if anybody has to wear the shame of shitting on the 49ers it has to be me but i still am not you know, I, I was wrong about them not making the playoffs, but I really feel like that, like something just isn't right with them when you compare them to everything that's going right with the Lions. I mean, the Lions, like the 49ers feel like a, a one seed that's on the back foot. And the Lions are just like, we, we'll play you in a CBS parking lot. So, like, it, that's, that's kind of how I feel. Taylor, your response to all that? Well, I think you know, the experts would say the 49ers is the best team in the NFC, right? I mean, everyone's been saying it all year. But how can you be the best team with an average quarterback when it comes to this point in the season? 
you know, you look at the AFC game, I know you guys will get into it, but it's Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And I really will say, and the NFC side, I think Jared Goff's playing as good a football as any quarterback. I really do believe that. I mean, the throws he has made when he's comfortable and has time in the pocket are on the money every single time. So, yeah, the Debo thing is a huge thing. The Lions are going to plan like he's playing. I know how Dan Campbell is. He's going to expect him to play. We're going to scheme like he's going to play. And then if he doesn't, oh, well. Like you said, our secondary has been garbage. Cam Sutton, like this better be his last year in Detroit. We're done with Cam Sutton. Jerry Jacobs is out, thank the Lord. But our secondary is really, really weak right now. And if Debo plays, that's just another guy that we're having a hard time stop. So are we going in there feeling confident? Absolutely. I think we have to be. Not only are we playing with house money, but, you know, Vegas has got a seven-point dogs. I mean, no one's really expecting us to win. And all we have to do is beat Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy? You know, I feel really good about our chances. Yeah, and that's – I'm too like – yeah, Brock Purdy. Brock, how do you feel about the 49ers as whole? I mean, I, I feel like I haven't asked you that. You know, you oh, the big bad guys in the NFC. What, what do Lions fans truly think of the 49ers? We truly think they're really good on defense. There's no doubt about it. I mean, their defense is electric. They're stifling. CMC, I mean, I know everybody talks about the fancy play of him, but when you actually watch him play a game, like sit down and don't just follow fantasy stats, I mean, he's a monster. He can do everything. Anzalone, our linebackers have to be unbelievable guarding him. But I can I feel like we have an opportunity to win the game. As good as Jared Goff and our offense is playing, when you got Reynolds and St. Brown and Laporta out there, they're doing what they're doing. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, holy shit, guys. How good is he? I mean, he is electric. He's not CMC yet, but in two, three years, you might be talking to him as one of the best running backs in the league. He looks like Jamal Charles, like the explosiveness. Great comparison. It's yeah. not just because of, like, the, the, the dreads, like the long hair. Like, it's like the – what how efficient he is with his touches and the the way he moves at a different speed than everybody else like that's the, the only way i can really describe it and stride, how he's the back yeah field. the stride yeah. strikes are just so long and efficient and gets where he needs to go like that 10 that, steps ahead of a defender yeah that cut what was it it was on antoine winfield right was it a run up just up the middle yeah he literally and it's almost like he didn't even cut it's like he just stopped and turned left and then ran diagonally away from winfield at a speed that was 10 times his. It was just like, this dude's a freak. Sorry to cut you off. Sorry, I was muted. I got so, I got a point I wanted to throw over to Taylor. Um, just matchup-wise, like if you, you know, I was reading that the interior of that Lions offensive line is banged up, right? Ragnow, is he, did he practice at all this week? And I think, is oh. it the left guard that's going to be out? Jackson. Yeah, without Jonah Jackson, we really worry about our left side. Right now, he was the MVP of the game, guys. I mean, that dude has nothing left in his knee. He's playing through it. He's been there from the beginning, him and Decker. So he's going to do whatever it takes. They, those guys don't need to practice. But you're right. He hasn't practiced. I think going to warmer weather should loosen it up a little bit. I think you'll be feeling good. But, yes, the left guard – not having Jonah Jackson is huge. When we have all five of our offensive linemen, we're six and one. So having those guys is incredibly important. I worry about that. And then I worry about our secondary. Because everyone makes obviously a big point about Nick Bosa and rightfully so. They make a big point about Chase Young, who I was a huge fan of, but really since he's gone to San Fran, he hasn't. I mean, he's. I think he's just been a little underwhelming. 
So everyone obviously focuses on on that versus the tackles when I think really the conversation is, you know, marquee free agent signing for the 49ers this offseason was Javon Hargrave versus a backup left guard. And then you mix in other bodies like, you know, Javon Kinlaw, disappointing season, uh, uh, career for him so far, but a former first round talent. And then another player that they brought in was Sebastian Joseph Day when he was cut from the Chargers. So there's a bunch of fresh bodies in the interior versus a banged up Lions interior. And we have seen your point about golf was right. Um, uh, another pile of shit that I have to eat because I spent the offseason referring to him as Jared Barf. Um, <laughs> so that's that looks that looks just great for me so far. My resume is look is just amazing. Um, but we have seen, you know, golf's not the most elusive guy and interior pressure makes pocket quarterbacks really have tough days. So that's a big place to watch is how that interior matches up versus the interior in San Francisco. Yeah. Golf versus a clean pocket second in the NFL and quarterback rating versus pressure 29th in the NFL. It just, it's a difference per PFF. So take it for a grain of salt, but he's a different quarterback without a clean pocket. And you saw as, as he's sitting back there, play action is, is healthy and it has been good for Detroit. I mean, he has been throwing absolute darts, as you said, Taylor, but how is he going to look with pressure in his face? If they can get to him, that could change the Lions' offense a little bit. I kind of like what you said, Taylor, too. Um, it was a great point. I think that this really, for the Niners, I think the game plan, if you have Debo or not, should be through Chris McCaffrey. I think you use him till he can't walk. you got to pull him off the field. Because last week, guys, Rashad White had a nice game in the passing game and on the ground. I thought he ran the ball pretty effectively. Um, and I thought that kind of made Baker more comfortable throughout the whole game until the very end. And it was a huge advantage. I would take Christian McCaffrey over Rashad White right now, wouldn't you? And especially with that 49ers offensive line, which has been a bit of a question. I mean, Green Bay got after him a little bit, guys. They got after him a little bit and uh, made things kind of difficult for Birdie as well, along with the weather. But, um, Taylor, I think, like you said, your linebackers have got to have a huge night. And that's what makes it so eerie. Our linebackers have to have a huge night. We'll talk about that here in a second. But linebacking play this weekend is going to be huge, Taylor. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And the one guy to watch is Derek Barnes. And then is James Houston actually healthy enough to play, right? So Derek Barnes got tons of shit the other day. You guys probably don't remember. Week 16, he goes in for a clean safety sack. Two and touches him. We were ready to sell his house. And we were done with it. Makes it incredible interception on a film study read, which I love. I love film. I love guys who can predict things that are coming. I'm a huge Luke Keekley fan. I think he was the best at it ever to play the game, being able to read. He was like the Peyton Manning of the defense. But James Houston is the guy. Like, we activated him last week. He didn't get any snaps. Is he healthy enough to play? That's the big question. And if he is, do you just throw him out there right now against CMC in the biggest game of the year? I don't know. It's a huge question, but I think you're right. I think our linebacker play is going to be huge. They have to use CMC to death. I will. Tell me a little more. I had James Houston written down here, Taylor. Like, I, you know, from an outsider who doesn't watch the Lions every week, how much of a difference did he make last year? And, and will, could he make in this game? He, really? He's the best pass rushing, blitzing, sack getting, pressure quarterback getting linebacker that we have. He was awesome last year at six and a half sacks. We haven't really had him all year. I think he got hurt in like week two or week three. He's just been out. He makes a huge difference if he's healthy, right? And you never really know what these 
insiders and these teams are doing when they activate, deactivate players. I think it's going to be a huge thing. Another injury to watch, we lost Brock Wright. He will not play our second tight end, who is a huge part of our run game. And he also had a huge play in the Bucks game when he slipped out in the play. Fourth down, run. right? On a fourth down, he got it and then made a cut to gain 12 yards. We signed Zach Ertz this week. No one really expects Zach Ertz to do much. You know, can he come in and give us three, four plays? Maybe he's going to catch a ball on a short down play, maybe. But I really do worry about that as well. It just, breaking this game down, it just seems like right now the Niners are a little bit more solid on both sides of the offensive defensive line. I don't know that just off the off the conversations that we've had, I think that's obviously the line play is huge in every game, but especially in the playoffs. We haven't really talked about the Lions defensive line, though. The Lions defensive line last week, Aiden Hutchinson is a stud. That's an awesome pick by you guys. Perfect fit, does everything right, really good player. He's huge in this game. Not only I think he's huge when Brock Purdy drops back to pass, but he's big in the run game, too. He's got to be setting the edge and also collapsing down because you know that the, the, the Niners are going to be pulling offensive linemen all day long. they got an off- athletic offensive line. The Lions' D-line is a huge part of this game, Taylor. Have you been happy with their production, especially last week? I was happy, and I, I feel like you'd have the same feelings. Yeah, so we're our thing is stopping the run. That's what our defense is built around. It's built around stopping the run. I didn't think we did it as well in the Bucks game. The guy, Aleem McNeil, who has been really, really good, I thought had a very average game. He's our D tackle. We got to get more from both sides of the ball. I mean, the thing about Hutch, as good as he is, he spends a lot of effort every play getting around the outside and not doing anything. So when he makes his spin move and gets in there, everyone's like, whoa, that's really, really good. But there's so many times he rushes the quarterback so far on the outside that the quarterback can also step up and we don't get that interior pressure that we need. So we're going to have to blitz. We're going to have to blitz, and we have to make Purdy uncomfortable because I don't think our D-line can get in there without blitzing. Boys, what do you think from the Detroit defensive side? We haven't spent much time on them yet. Uh, Blaine, do you want to go first, or do you want Johnny to go first? Johnny was pointing. No, I, I mean, I'll go. I just have a yeah. quick one. I mean, it's, it's it's the same thing I said last week. I mean, it, these two corners, it it's a matchup problem. Is it if Debo, you know, but I mean, that's a big deal. If you can't get to the quarterback, how do you feel in that secondary? We'll see. It's a problem. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just, you know, this is not like hard hitting, you know, analysis here, but they need to just have their best effort of the entire season. I, I, I do not expect Shanahan and Purdy to have two different snaps where they just leave Hutchinson Hutchison, Hutchinson, whatever it is, unblocked. You know, that like Baker just left him unblocked and shifted the protection the wrong way, or there was a miscommunication on that on Baker's right side. Um, uh, and so that kind of, you know, uh, that, that messed things up for Tampa. I just, I think that, I think the 49ers are a very well coached football team, and it's just going to take a tremendous effort from the Lions. Um, and, you know, that's not that hard-hitting of analysis. They just got to get in there and kick some ass because because Purdy, you know, he's shown he can scramble a little bit, but this is not like, you know, the Chiefs having to play Lamar and Josh Allen worrying about rushing and contain. You know, just 
Trent Williams is going to probably shut down the left side. Make make hay on the right side of that offensive line because it's not that great. You know, Mike uh, I think Mike McGlinchey used to be their right tackle. He's gone, and they really didn't add anybody that crazy over there. So just line line your guys up on that right side, blitz off of the right side, and just try to get home. Honestly, big day for Aaron Glenn, huh, Taylor? Big day. Massive day. I still am shocked that he's in so many head coaching conversations. I really am. If really? We lose, I'm not even that upset. As good as he's been and the players love him, I'm so, so on. And I think if you talk to many Lions fans around the area, they would give you the same thing. Like, Aaron Glenn, are you going to go be a head coach? All right, go ahead. I mean, we lose Ben Johnson. I mean, the world's over, right? He, we're going to lose him probably to Washington. I mean, we're going to feel awful. I tell people all the time I'm related to him because my last name's Johnson. I know I'm not, but cousin <laughs> Ben, baby, you got to stay. Stay one more year, Ben. You know, but Aaron Glenn, it's a huge day for him, but he can't make the place for the players, and we can't just blame everything on him. Cam Sutton has to be responsible. Kirby Joseph and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, they have to be elite. You know, Johnny's not giving us world-being information. I love that. But the no. fact is – it, it is what it is. This is the NFC Championship. you got to play your best freaking game, and if you don't, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. How good do you think that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson felt with that pick against Baker after the talk during the week? I, I, you know, secondary defenders, they're the most annoying players on the football team, and that isn't because they're not good dudes. It's because, like, that's their position, and that's how you have to be to play that way. And you know, you just know that he has not stopped talking about that play since he made it, and it was sick. Let's also not forget him and Debo have a lot of shit talking going on from earlier in the season. So him and Debo, watch that big time because there's going to be some join. I wouldn't be surprised to see a flag. They've gone back and forth on Twitter a couple times this year. I'm telling you, that's a key matchup to watch. If Debo plays, are they going to make it about themselves or are they going to focus on the team and doing what they need to do on the field? Last point, too, I, I wanted to ask just, I mean, I, I, we had this as Chiefs fans last week. You, I mean, you get the first game at Arrowhead. All your playoff games have been at Arrowhead. Lions just got back-to-back at Ford Field. You're traveling out west. I mean, and Lions on the road beat the Saints by five, got smoked by the Bears, held next Mullins to, what, three, lost to Dallas. I mean, that hasn't been phenomenal on the road of as of late. But, what? I mean, I'll let you take the floor, but how do you how do you feel getting away from Ford Field? I mean, Ford Field's been unbelievable. I think the yeah. fans have been unbelievable. But let's not forget, Lions have been one of the best traveling teams all season. Yeah. It's been incredible. They took over New Orleans. They were there in Baltimore. We got destroyed. They were there in Dallas. Listen, the Lion faithful, they're going to be in San Fran. They're going to find a way. You got this life savings that we haven't had to spend money like you Chiefs fans. (laughs) The money's there. We're just going to spend it. I mean, it's Detroit. We don't have money anyways, so we don't freaking care. We're just going to go spend it, put it on your credit card, and figure it out. So I think we will have a presence (laughs) in there. Being an outdoor game, obviously it's not going to feel the same, but I'm not worried about going on the road for this reason. We're going to be so juiced up as a team and so focused. Dan Campbell's going to have us so ready to go. I, like you said, I don't care if it's a CVS parking lot, at home, on the road. We're going to get it done. We're going to find a way. How much Eminem are you listening to this week? How much what? How much Eminem are you listening to this week? I mean, Eminem is on on repeat. I'm telling you, if they're 
if there was a way that Eminem could be at this game in the suite like Taylor Swift does on the road, I, I think it's over. I think if my guy Marshall can find a way to get to San, which he can, let's not act like he can't. Yeah. If he's there and he has a moment where he gets some TV time, watch out. I got lines by 30 then. <laughs> I love that. Well, great segue into let's do our picks for the game, boys. Um, I'll start us off. We'll go me. Well, actually, we'll let Taylor go first. We know what Taylor's picks are going to be, so we'll let him get out of the way. Then we'll go me, Blaine, Johnny. Um, so Taylor, your your official pick on the Figure It Out podcast for the NFC Championship game between the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers. Go ahead, buddy. This is all you guys need to know. This is my pick right here. Let it ride. That's all you need to know, fellas. Hey. That's all you need to know. Awesome pick. Awesome That's pick. We get it. That was actually Say really less. sick. Say less. I think that actually came through really well, too. That was awesome. I'm really glad you did that. Um, okay. I'll go. God, that makes me want to pick Detroit. Yeah. That really made me want to pick Detroit. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm rooting for Detroit. Uh, I would rather, you know, I don't, you know, if the Chiefs win, I think the Chiefs versus Detroit would be an awesome Super Bowl. Um, and this Lions team feels like some destinies on their side. They've never been here before. Uh, sometimes I think it's better to be, uh, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? more dumb than know what's going on or whatever. You know, Detroit has nothing to lose here. Go out and play your balls off and see what happens. I think they cover this no matter what happens. I don't th I think seven is a ton. Give me Detroit with the win for our boy Taylor. He's done a great job on the pod and it would be sick to uh, a little rematch in the Super Bowl. Uh, Blaine, your pick. Yeah, buddy. I, I mean, I, both of these teams have flaws. And I, I've all week I've been I don't I don't know that Jared Goff can stay healthy in that pocket with these two offensive linemen banged up in this front. But the the point about Lions fans showing up to to the what is it Levi Stadium? I love yeah. that. I mean I love that it's your shot one shot. I mean I remember when we were there as Chiefs fans, and it just I can't bet against Detroit either. I've been 49ers all week long until we got on this podcast and started talking about it, and it just makes sense. And I when I whenever I said it early in the year. Or early in this playoffs, Detroit's going to win. It just makes sense. They're not going to lose this game in Ford Field. They didn't. This is a destiny team, and I, I'm going with the Lions. I, I think Gibbs is a difference maker here. They're they got playmakers to make those offense. If the offensive line is bad for Detroit, they got guys on the edge that can make a difference. And uh, Detroit, that's it. No analysis. Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. It's a clean. It's a clean sweep for sure. I mean, there's no way. I, it, it, there's no part of me that believes that San Francisco can run away with this game. I think seven is super disrespectful. I'd be really curious to see the odds you can get um, on Detroit money line. Just, I think that that would be a, a play that I would be interested in. You Johnny, guys already said, yeah. Detroit money line is plus two seventy on ESPN yeah, it's, bet. It's delicious. That's, you know, it's, I looked at the weather. It's going to be, it's ridiculous what their weather is. I mean, he just Taylor's talked about two feet of snow here in Kansas City. We have dense fog, like we're on a ship out in the Alaskan seas. Yeah, um, 
I would know because that's where I go whenever the Chiefs lose. So uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be seventy degrees and sunny. Uh, it's it's just gonna be incredible. Um, I got some pushback from Chandler and Blaine, which was just I mean ridiculous. That you know, I wish that the Chiefs were playing their game second, just because I want to watch the other game with the anticipation, you know, uh, uh, of my game being the second game, as opposed to if the Chiefs lose, it's going to suck. Like I'm not going to want to watch this game afterwards. So um, I'm hoping the Chiefs win. I'm hoping the Lions win. I hope we get a rematch of of Week One. And I just think the Lions are going into, into California with piss and vinegar. They want to go beat the Cali Boys, like we talked about. Um, you know, we, we, like we talked about before, and I just I'm, – I'm all over the Lions here, and I can't wait to watch this game. Last point, too, Chandler. Like, the Lions are going to throw everything out there. It doesn't matter. The Super Bowl, it doesn't – it's not even a thought. Like, this is trick play. Do whatever you got to do. That playbook is going to be fucking humongous for Ben Johnson. Humongous. And before we let Taylor go, another point. No one said this yet. Golf went to Cal. He's going home. Coming, baby. Homecoming for my guy, Jared. He's locked in. He's he's going home. Big balls, Dan Campbell, going to have it all. He's going to have it all ready to go. I'm telling you, the fourth down, don't even look. Fourth and six, fourth and seven. We're going for it. We're going to find a way to win the game. I hope so, Taylor. Really appreciate your time. Go Lions from the Figure It Out podcast. A clean sweep of the boys in blue. Taylor, appreciate your time as always. Uh, we'll have you back next week with a win. So let's have you come on back so uh, uh, we can preview a Super Bowl, okay? You got it, guys. And just for the viewers, just so you guys know, my pick is Chiefs in Baltimore because I'm never betting against Patrick Mahomes ever. That's the last word. Chiefs, Lions, in two weeks, see you in Vegas, boys. That really got me fired up, Taylor. Really appreciate it. And he's been awesome this year, guys. Let's give a shout out to Taylor um, on social media sometime this week. I'll put a I'll put a mental note down there for that one. Boys, it's here. Before we do that, in Springfield, Missouri, the Drake Bulldogs are in town taking on the Missouri State Bears. Bears just hit a runner in the lane. It's 51-49. They were down 42-29 at halftime. Okay, it's 51-49, Drake, with the ball, 8-20 left. We'll keep you updated as we go. But there isn't a more important game in the world than Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. when the Kansas City Chiefs, in the AFC Championship game for the sixth straight season, travels to Baltimore, Maryland, to take on the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Weather report off the jump. 45 degrees, cloudy with a chance of rain, 87%. It's going to be rainy on the East Coast, and even if it's not falling during the game, it will have an effect on the game in terms of the field, in terms of the ball, etc. I, for some reason, absolutely love that for the Chiefs. I love it for the Chiefs. Here's why. And this is probably going to sound... If, if the Chief, if non-Chiefs fans listening to this, you might not want to listen to this, but it's because of Patrick Mahomes. Lamar is not going to be able to throw it like he wants to in the rain. He just can't do it. He's proven time and time again that he can't do it. The game against the Rams. The Rams are in that game. That one stands out to my mind 
That, I feel like, is the weather we're going to have on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes is not afraid of the weather. That is point blank. There's no debating that, and I would love to debate somebody who thinks that. I've literally seen Patrick Mahomes play in every type of weather there is, and he doesn't skip a beat. He looked great in the fourth coldest game in playoff history. Rain and 45 is like a spring day in Missouri. This is their winter, guys. They don't want any part of that. This is just a late February, early March afternoon where he's going to go out and sling the ball across the yard to his boys. I fully believe that. Now, when you look at the opponent, I don't want to act like I'm not respecting Baltimore. Baltimore is insanely good. But I like the point that I used last week with the Houston Texans, and I'm going to actually make it reverse. The Baltimore Ravens have not been in this situation since, what would you say, Blaine, 2013? Yep. This, in their, talking about the Ravens, this is a different beast you have coming to town than the Houston Texans. This is a team that's been here before. This is a team that's done this before, and they've done it six straight seasons in a row. This team that's coming in has the best quarterback in the league, the best tight end in the league, one of the best defensive linemen in the league, and maybe the best secondary in the league, all which Houston did not have a week ago. So am I going to sit on my podcast and say that there is no chance that the Chiefs lose? I am not going to say that. But what I am saying, and this is a shot towards Baltimore, this is a different animal than your defense has seen in quite some time, let me tell you, and it's clicking at the right time. I just got insanely fired up. I need to take a breather. I'm going to pass it over to the guys. But, guys, it's the AFC Championship game. Like, it's going to be a close game. I have that, – that, that's going to be it. I have so much confidence, Blaine. I love that they haven't seen us this year. You know, and, and usually in these types of situations, you see you see a team at week three, may it be, or maybe week 15. We haven't seen Lamar since – what was it, guys? I think it was – 2021. 2021. Um, in that game, he threw two picks. <laughs> so, I mean, Spags, as obviously Lamar also ran for 100-plus yards that game, but that's – I mean, that's Lamar Jackson. You're going to get that again this week. Lamar's feet are Lamar's feet. He's the most dynamic quarterback with the ball in his hands in the NFL. With it tucked, I should say, in the NFL. But it, I love that we can – you know, just got rid of Josh Allen and his legs, and you see – Lamar Jackson come in with his legs. Same type of idea with the D-line and this defense to contain a running quarterback in the rain. You said it. I, I love playing Lamar in this rain, Chandler. Johnny? Oh, yeah. I've got I've got so many thoughts, guys. Uh, I'm so fired up to play the Baltimore Ravens. Like, this is this is a very worthy opponent. And they have an amazing defense, amazing special teams. They have a quarterback who's going to win the MVP. They have an offense that um, Todd Monken has been scheming up very well all year that you two both astutely pointed out before the season. Um, but what they don't have is Patrick Mahomes. Like it literally is it, – it, and I, I know we all love Patrick Mahomes. And I've said already a bunch on this pod, stuff that I've gotten wrong. Dude, I from – Day one have like I've told the story before. I wanted the Chiefs to trade up and draft Patrick in 2000, 
uh, in 17. And from day one, I have been his biggest fan, just like a lot of other people. But I am just so proud of what he has done for our team and our city. And there is no team that wants to play against Patrick. Baltimore has had an amazing season. They do not want to play Patrick. Nobody does. Just some of the stats that he has put up are, are absolutely absurd. Baltimore's got the number one ranked defense um, in the entire league. Well, Patrick Mahomes' numbers versus number one ranked defenses at the time that he plays them, 335 yards per game, 11 touchdowns, and a 6-0 and record. Patrick Mahomes, um, in, in his career, has feasted uh, against Baltimore, over 300 yards in every single game, multiple touchdowns. I'll scroll scroll through my feed, and when I find it, uh, I've saved one of the the tweets with his exact numbers. Um, but he's three three and one against the Ravens. Has never played them in, in the playoffs. I, you know, the whole thing surrounding Patrick with he had never played a road playoff game in an environment like that. I mean, it obviously fueled him, and he, outside of two throws in that game that ended up falling incomplete, was just remarkable. The poise that Patrick shows just neutralizes an opposing, you know, the opposing fans. It neutralizes the fucking weather, guys. Like, no, no, nothing else matters, and w- what part of, you know, I think, I think Vegas – feels like the numbers are telling them that they have to make a Baltimore a favorite here. But if you asked a ton of sharp betters, I think that they would like the chiefs in this spot. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog is the is the best quarterback of all time. He's just remarkable guys. And it's, it just starts there with me. I have a bunch of other thoughts about Baltimore, a bunch of thoughts about the matchups in this game, but Blaine, that's really where it starts with me. And I, and I think it's justified. Yeah, and I love that stat about Patrick versus number one defenses. That I mean, that is so good. And Baltimore's secondary, like it, it's been that good. Now, could I name every person on their secondary outside of Kyle Hamilton? I couldn't. I, I really couldn't. But first in the NFL in quarterback rate and first in the NFL in passing yards per attempt, they, they just aren't allowing it. And they're doing a hell of a job not. But you know, they haven't allowed here's, – here's a stat that I really love to go along with what you said, Johnny. Chiefs are 10-0 and and they score 21-plus points. Baltimore over their last five has not allowed 20 points in any of them. Now, when you rewind to the six, it was that Raven or the Rams overtime game, 37-31, which Baltimore should have lost. Rewind a little further, Browns 33-31. Browns knocked off the Ravens. Like if you I, I hate that, like, oh, if you get there versus the Ravens, if you make them get out uncomfortable outside of the running game and what Munkin and them do and Lamar does, get to that 21 plus and make them play with you. Go hit him in the mouth. Go score. I, I'm, I have a lot of confidence in Patrick Mahomes, even though this Ravens defense is so good. I just what we saw last week out of Patrick in this offense. I, I have a ton of confidence. They're hitting their stride at the perfect time. I'll be quick, Chandler. They, they, they they're playing their best football. They've taken the whole season to identify the the like philosophical approach that they have to have. Um, as opposed to trying to fit molds of past seasons and different personnel. They've leaned into what they have, you know, in, in terms of personnel and offenses, and it's really exciting. The Chiefs and the Ravens um, are the only defenses not to give up 30-plus points in a game this year. The Ravens did, but it, it was a, there was a pick six. So, like, I'm just saying, like, from their defense 
You know, the Chiefs just haven't done that all year, but the Ravens defense didn't give up that pick six. So it's going to be an amazing, uh, um, amazing matchup. And I did pull up the stats of Mahomes versus Baltimore. And I think, you know, these are past seasons and past Baltimore defenses. But the story every year when the Chiefs have played the Ravens is how nasty this the Ravens defense is like every time it's like the chiefs don't match up well against the Baltimore defense. They're wanting teams to play this high flying style and they always, you know, put the clamps on them and and change things. Just listen to some of these numbers from Patrick against Baltimore Ravens defenses, 2018, that overtime game, right? The fourth and nine to Tyreek Hill across his body, 35 of 53, 377 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, and two rushes for negative three yards, okay? But that's his first time ever playing them, 377 and two touchdowns and an overtime victory. The next year, um, the Chiefs played them, 33 to 28 victory. He was 27 of 37, 374 yards, three touchdowns, and then four rushes for nine yards. The year after that, uh, he was 31 of 42, 385 and four touchdowns, and he ran for a touchdown in that game as well. So five total touchdowns. And then in the loss, if you guys remember that loss, it was bone-crushing. It was awful because it was a back-and-forth game, amazing game, and Clyde fumbled at the very end in Butger chip-shot field goal range, right? It was like a second and one or a second and two. The Chiefs are trying to just get the clock down and they just hand it to Clyde up the middle and Odafa Owe strips him. And it made it even worse because Odafa Owe was the player that the Ravens took with the Orlando Brown pick that we gave to them. Sorry, my uh, my encyclopedia brain's flaring up there. Anyways. That was a 36-35 victory by the Ravens. But in that game, Mahomes, 24 of 31, 343 and three. So he has his lowest yardage output in any game against the Ravens is 343 yards. And his lowest total touchdown output is three. It's just insane. And you know what you know what the difference is in all of those matchups? is how bad the Chiefs' defense was in all of those matchups. And maybe the my use of bad there is harsh because we have the best defense now in terms of the Mahomes era. But my point being, Baltimore does not want to get in a shootout with these Kansas City Chiefs. They've been able to do it in the past because they've been able to do whatever they want all the way up and down the football field because you look at some of those scores from those games – High scoring, overtime, 36-35. That's a lot of points. I don't expect that. Why? Because the Ravens might score, guys. They might score, but it's going to be tough for them to score, and we're going to make it difficult for them to throw this football. You can run it all you want, and if they line up and mow over us, so be it. I don't think they can do that. Not saying that they are not good at running the football. I totally believe that. But – Buffalo started out that game looking like they were going to mow over us, and it stopped in the second half. It stopped in the second half, and it might not have been completely stopped, but it was neutralized. And I think that this defense's ability to be on the same page is a huge part of this game, Blaine. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's the same thing you did last week. Make Lamar go 10 plays down the field and beat you. 
uh, no big plays and make them run the ball with Justin Hill, Gus Edwards. Is Dalvin Cook going to get any snaps? Then without Keaton Mitchell has not been talked about enough in the in the common media. Keaton Mitchell was that big of a difference late in the year versus the 49ers versus the Jags. Like he popped off. I mean, it, it was he was one of the better players. Rookies uh, probably could have been competing for C.J. Stroud up there for rookie of the year. He was playing so well. But Justin Justice Hill went for 66 yards last week. They're trying to get him more involved. Is their running game as efficient as all these stats throughout the year truly tells? I don't know. It could be, but that's a that's a thing where you got to look at where the Ravens are currently in current state. It's going to be a heavy dose of Gus Edwards through the tackles, but he's a clear non-pass catching running back. Justice Hill is their only pass catching running back. Tendencies within this offense have changed since week 15 and on. This playoff Ravens is not the Ravens of week 15 is what I'm ultimately trying to say. And I think the Chiefs defense can pick up on a little bit of that to allow them to be more successful than, uh, you know, I guess I should say against Lamar Jackson than Lamar's been all year. Now let's talk about the Ravens without our Chiefs goggles on for a second. Let's act like the Ravens are playing Cleveland this week or something and really talk about the Baltimore Ravens. They appear to be getting healthier. Mark Andrews back. That's big. Marlon Humphrey back at practice. That's big. I love their tight ends. Mark Andrews coming back. We'll see even if he's at 80%. He's still a factor. Isaiah likely is no slouch, a huge issue in terms of matchups. Um, how do we defend him? That's big. I like Gus Edwards back there. Blaine, you talked about him. He's an obvious running running back, but He's a tough guy to bring down and to stop from falling forward for two more yards. He does it well. Um, this team certainly po- uh, poses a lot of threats. Um, and what I really love about the Ravens and, and from a Chiefs perspective is this game comes down to Lamar. Is it, it can it can Lamar do this, Johnny? What do you, I mean? Talk about the Ravens with a little bit more, you know, uh, you know, just more about the Ravens themselves like can Lamar do it? I I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat the Ravens if Lamar runs, you know, in the game where Lamar beat the chiefs, he had a hundred yards and two touchdowns. I believe he threw for over 200 yards in that game. That's the recipe where the Ravens are really tough out. That's, I, I don't know if he had 200 yards passing last week, but I believe he had a hundred yards rushing. So like, that's the number that you have to look out for. And, you know, for a quarterback to run for 100 yards, that's an incredible day. So, like, you have to, like, not not let that happen. I honestly, in, like, the four games that they the Chiefs have played Lamar, I've thought they've done a pretty decent job of, of trying to limit him. And then, yeah, you're just going to have to force him into uncomfortable throws. Odell Beckham is not a huge factor for them. He plays a very limited amount of snaps. He had a big third down conversion early uh, in that game, but he – like, I think he played, like, less than 20 snaps total in that game, right? So they lean heavily on the tight ends, like you mentioned. They lean a lot on the explosive abilities of, say, Flowers. They like, you know, the the slasher type, you know, uh, of, of Rashad Bateman. Like, he reminds me of, like, in basketball, like a, like a guy on the wing that you'd call a slashing two, like a shooting guard slasher. Like, that, that's, that, that's who Rashad Bateman is. Right. And they have, you know, Nelson Aguilar, who stepped up and played a bunch of snaps last game and got in the end zone. So it's like, 
you know, I think the Chiefs match up with them a lot better than the Texans did. The Texans are a very exciting team, but they're a young team. They lack a ton of experience, and the Chiefs have that in spades in this spot. The Chiefs are battle-tested. They can go on the road. And they. I started off my thoughts with Mahomes, and I'll continue to talk about him. Like, this defense can play inspired in moments like this, like when they can lean on people like Mahomes, like they can lean on someone like Chris Jones too. Experience is so important in games like this. Chris Jones, I thought was absent for a lot of that game against the bills. And then on in the, at the end of the game, he, he was the difference. And so I think the chiefs have a lot of guys that, that, that could be the difference and Baltimore does too, but it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be Lamar for me. Like, I don't think that the, I don't think that Nelson Aguilar is the difference here. Like he was against the Texans. I don't don't think, you know, I will do respect. I don't think Isaiah likely is the difference or bringing Mark Andrews back is the difference. Like, like Lamar and his legs, and then you know if that opens up the passing game to me is is what it is, Blake. Hey, Johnny, it's like what Lamar are we going to see? I mean, playoff Lamar. We said it last week in the in the preview of their Texans game was three touchdowns, five picks in his playoff appearances, and he just had the best quarterback playoff appearance of all time. I mean, he's the first player ever to throw two through the air, through two through the uh, yard, a hundred rush, a hundred pass. Like he just played phenomenal football. But in that first half, as I was watching that game, Houston, I feel like, was not experienced in how to stop him. There right. were gaps, uh, clear gaps through that whole game. No spy. They ended up spying him in the second half. It didn't work. But they were just – I mean, Lamar was all over the place. I feel like with the Chiefs playing Josh Allen last week in a similar situation, there's a game plan there and an experience factor there to where you can make Lamar a little more uncomfortable than he was last week. and has shown to be in former playoff football games to where you're going to make him beat you. And I I like that we saw Josh Allen last week because of it. And the Chiefs have had a ton of experience this year preparing for mobile quarterbacks. You know, uh, just off the top of my head, right, they've played Jalen Hurts. They played Josh during the regular season. Hell, Easton Stick can move in, in that very last game of the year. So, like, they've had a lot of experience preparing for these mobile quarterbacks. And I... I just think that personnel-wise, we have the guys that can do it. Losing Willie Gay early in that game against the Bills was um, frustrating for, for, for that, but he is you know, the, the guy that is perfect for that role. He logged a limited participation in practice today, the today being Wednesday, and so he's trending in the right direction. Um, I think he's going to be huge in this spot, but we've seen good solid linebacker play across the board. It's just not – like you said, Blaine – Great, Houston, you added a spy in the second half when you got the doors blown off of you, and and Lamar had already kind of established the ability to run in that game. So, you know, I think that uh, I think that it's just going to be an amazing football game. And Chandler, I'll kick it back to you. It's going to be uh, really uh, paramount for me to we got to dial up secondary pressure. I think we live with our corners' ability to cover one on one. Zay Flowers could beat you, sure. The other guys. I'm taking my chances with our corners. Send pressure at Lamar. Make him uncomfortable. Chase him with other fast people. Of course, you want your four linemen to get home. But if there's nobody better to blitz a guy like Lamar than a cornerback, because hopefully you think they can stay with him. 
I think coming from different sides, coming from different angles, coming from the secondary, coming from the linebackers, coming from right at the line of scrimmage, dropping out, make it so confusing on Lamar that he has a tough time deciphering it, Blaine. Yeah, but one thing D'Amico Ryans did last week was he brought blitzes on 75% of Lamar dropbacks. Lamar, 16 for 22, 152, two touchdowns. He was pressured on 43% of those those throws, but that's D'Amico, you know, are you going to trust Spags dialing something up with the corners that the Kansas City Chiefs have and can play press coverage? I feel like with Stevie Nelson and, and Singletary, or, uh, Singletary, right, with Houston, are not a, they're a very zone-heavy football team. If you can get in the face of these receivers for Baltimore and bring pressure at the same time, it's a completely different pressure. And that's what you're trying to mention here, Chandler, is that. I think that 75% blitz rate that Houston brought last week is completely different of what Kansas City could bring this week to Lamar. Yeah, and just, I like what you said about the jam coverage on the outside. You got to live with press coverage one-on-ones on the outside to get these pressures. Yep. And our personnel is just flat out better than Houston's. Yeah. That's what it is. So hopefully, you know, you get two more of those chances on those 70% to hit. If you're the Chiefs, you love that. Yeah, no, and it's similar football. I, I keep drawing the line to Buffalo, but there's two good tight ends going to be playing this football game with Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews. And there were two good tight ends last week. It's a completely different way of defending. I mean, you can get up in their face and do that because Lamar likes those dumps to the tight ends, likes those to Zay on a quick slant. That's their offense, guys. Odell's their deep threat. Rashad's their deep threat. They haven't thrown a ton of deep balls lately, and you force them to do that again as you just force Buffalo to do that. Long drives, long play. See what happens. I hate to say that it's a mirror of last week, but, man, as we keep talking about it, the Baltimore Ravens remind me a lot of what the Buffalo Bills have done all year long. Well, it's a mirror of last week with one very big factor uh, out of the game. And you just said it, Blaine. Josh can throw it 90,000 yards down the football field. And Lamar, on a rope. Yeah, Lamar cannot. He's got to go short. He's got to go intermediate for him to be effective. And our ability to tackle in the secondary, I mean, Baltimore is going to want to get quick game going, going early. I think our secondary is one of the best at shutting that down. Ask Miami. Um, and so that's going to be so big. If we can tackle and keep things, keep them in third and non-manageable, that is going to be big. Force Lamar to win on third down, and that is a huge key to this game, Johnny, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I just think that the Chiefs' defense – Matchup wise, uh, obviously against the run, when the ball is handed to a running back, they have struggled. Um, they did great in the second half last week, but early on, that was obviously the difference. But the way that the Kansas City Chiefs defense matches up versus Lamar's skill set himself, he's great. He's had a great year, but our linebackers have the personnel to be able to spy and keep contain our corners and safeties are incredible and they can help with coverage when we force Lamar into these throws so yes I I, I like all of that I do think I do think equally the Ravens defense matches up great against the Chiefs offense 
Their linebackers are incredible. It's anchored by Roquan Smith, but you also have another. Roquan is incredible. But Patrick Queen, who's had, I would say, a little bit of a up-and-down career so far, has taken a huge step in the right direction with the addition of Roquan. It allows him to play the natural position um, that, that, that he normally should play, being more of the sideline, the sideline linebacker. Okay. You know, if you were to ask those linebackers to then take on the challenge of covering Travis Kelsey, naturally that would li- le- that would uh, lean more into the Chiefs are going to have more success running. They don't have to do that because Kyle Hamilton, former first rounder, is able to cover tight ends pretty well. And now I think Travis Kelsey is playing the best football he's played all season. He's obviously going to be schemed up a lot in this game and heavily targeted Um because he's the best option, but also I don't know if you guys have seen how close he is to breaking some of the Jerry Rice playoff stats. Travis Kelsey's right there. If he has, he needs seven catches to be the leading um, playoff receptions holder of all time. It's it's insane. Seven catches away. He's five hundred and fifty-two yards away from from yardage, and he's five touch, touchdowns away. But he's seven catches away. I mean, they're going to target him a bunch. So personnel wise, I think. Um, those are the places on the Ravens defense, I think, match up really well against the Kansas City Chiefs. Frankly, I'm not too worried about their corners. If there's a weak spot, yeah. it, I think the out, I think they've built that defense like a baseball team building through the middle of the diamond. They've built it right through the middle. It starts with Justin Matabike. He's had an incredible season. And then it goes to the guys I just talked about with Roquan, Patrick Queen, and Kyle Hamilton. The outsides of their defense, their defensive ends and their corners, really don't worry me that much with all due respect. And, 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 you know, I talked a ton of shit on Buffalo. Chandler, you obviously did too. Blaine, some as well. I really disliked Buffalo. I've got a lot of respect for Baltimore. Like, I'm coming into this game with respect. I want to burn that city the fuck down, okay? I want to send them all to hell. But I got a lot of respect for Baltimore. But if there's one place I don't – I'm not too worried about, it's the corners and and the defensive ends. And Marlon Humphrey's real – he didn't play last week. He's been limited, Blaine. I think that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, he's pretty banged up. And I almost want to say the same thing about their D-line. I think in the, in the preview shows of the earlier in this year and what we were trying to think of Baltimore was who is their D-line? And it's been journeyman. Like, Kyle Van Noy had a huge play last week, and he's there. I mean, that guy's – how old is he? Old. Jadavion, yeah, Jadavion Clowney, who has had a great year. He's 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 really good. But it's Jadavion Clowney, you know? And, and Matt Abike has been good as well. But those are their three best guys on that D-line. And I think a lot of it goes on McDonald, who's had a hell of a year as a D coordinator, scheming things up. But they're fourth in sacks in 2023, but they didn't sack C.J. Stroud one time, which I don't know if they tried to because C.J. Stroud didn't have a great day. They pressured him on 45% of his snaps. But there's it's just the, the point I'm trying to make, Johnny, is right along with what you're saying is the roster, yeah, but it's not like San Francisco's amazing names at D-line or amazing names in the secondary. There's just not a whole lot of that in Baltimore. Their linebacking core has the names. They're the real deal. I feel like that's their bread and butter. And uh, all these other guys have done a good job with what they're playing because I think McDonald's done such a good job. But it's not like they got a guy that can just take over in a second and get a sack or get a big play. It's more so team defense that they've rallied around all year. It's going to be really imperative for that offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs to establish the running game. I think once again, 
We talk about it week in and week out, but running the football against this team is going to be huge. It's going to be difficult, but it, they said it was going to be difficult against Buffalo too, and it just it just wasn't, Blaine. Blaine, you got to point your Jones. Yeah. yeah, quick to that. Sorry. Their rush defense, You think, I think like, oh, it's so good. No, they're giving up 4.5 yards per carry, guys. Buffalo gave up – I mean, it's, I think, top 10 worst in the NFL yards per carry. You think, no, really? After Baltimore, their defense is so good. I just wanted to throw that stat in there because – they frankly have struggled against the run this year defensively. It's going to be big to get them going, and I think that honestly, you know, the the it seems like Joe Tooney's not going to play, but we talked about it on Monday show. Nick Allegretti, huge week for the guy. He's going to be filling in at left guard. Um, I expect nothing but Super Bowl level play from Nick Allegretti. He's proven it time and time again. I don't think obviously you would want Joe Tooney out there. Is it that big of a downgrade? I don't think so. He had the big block to seal the game against Buffalo on Ed Oliver, who's better on paper than any interior D lineman that Buffalo or uh, Baltimore has. And I truly believe that he washed him down and Pacheco ran right off his left hip for a gain of like five on second and two to seal the deal. If we can do that and continue to get big chunk plays down the field, guys, this offense, this running attack, it's just gotten better and better and better. And I think the Chiefs. Kind of like Johnny was saying with like the philosophical or how they want to call the game for this team, the running game has been the biggest benefactor of that because they've realized that they can do it and they can do it effectively. Right, Johnny? Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, I think Patrick was like 17 of 23 in that game, and he was incredible. It's just a – it's not like like what Buffalo did – you know, I've I've heard some people phrase it this way, like how they, Joe Brady kind of neutered their offense. That's not what Kansas City is doing. They were throwing the ball down the field a ton in that game, but they're prioritizing efficiency. They're prioritizing, you know, down and distance relating to the call as opposed to forcing these calls in that don't make any sense given the down and distance, you know. Uh, leaning into their strengths, which which is the run game. The strength is not what it has been in the past, and so um, I, I'm excited about I'm excited about uh, you know the the idea of Nick Allegretti as well. I would much rather Joe Tooney be in there. He was voted first team All Pro. There, I mean that that's somebody that I really want to play in this game. He doesn't need to practice all week. Just get him ready to go for the game. And if Nick Allegretti needs to spell him, then 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 absolutely do that. So. I, I do, you know, I like the story of Allegretti, but I hope he doesn't play on Sunday. Like, that's that's kind of um, how I'm thinking about that, too. I got another point that relates to something else. So, Blaine, you go ahead if you're on if you're on this. No, it relates to the offensive line, and it's how clean they were last week. Obviously, that was a huge part of that football game for Kansas City. But a huge part that people aren't looking at enough about this Baltimore-Houston game Houston, 11 penalties, and I could tell you probably 10 of them were in that first half of false starts, false start, false start, false start. Houston had a had a, pl- a drive of seven plays, a drive of eight plays, and a drive of eight plays in that first half, and they came out of there with 10 points. I mean, they were driving the ball down the field, just kicking themselves in the foot all game long. Their offense was fine there early. They were doing what they could do. But they just they were not clean. And, and that was the difference of that football game. It broke Baltimore broke it open and it was over. 
if if Kansas City can come in and do what they did last week and play another clean game on that offensive line, there's an advantage there for the Chiefs. Definitely. They, they didn't have any procedural penalties. I actually know I, I complain about the refs all the time. Uh, I thought that the officiating crew was great in the game the chiefs bills game i kind of they kind of just stayed out of it now i if you ask the bills because they lost they might argue otherwise but i really thought for the most part they they did a pretty good job there's been some stuff circulating about the ref for this game sean smith it's it's absolute garbage um it's 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 ridiculous stuff about how he favors uh road teams i'll draw back a little story about one time where sean smith was the uh, head official for uh, a Chiefs road game. Chandler, this might throw you into a little PTSD, but Sean Smith was the official for the Chiefs at Colts game. They lost last year. And if you remember, there was a call late in the game where Chris Jones like told Matt Ryan to get his old ass up and they threw an unsportsman con- uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. That was Sean Smith. That was the head ref. So no, and the Chiefs lost that game. So this this whole n- narrative of people trying to create stuff like the NFL is trying to concoct a, an officiating crew that's going to help the Chiefs is absolute uh, absolute garbage. Sorry, Chandler, for bringing up that scar. No, it's okay. That's actually a great point and one that's that's very applicable here because in case anybody forgot, we might have lost to Indianapolis last year, but we also won the Super Bowl last year. So I'm okay with the Week Three loss. Uh, to remind the listeners of um, of what's happened there, but um, boys, final points, final um, final you know thoughts on the game, final picks. Obviously, we're all picking Chiefs, but um, I'll go ahead and lead us off since I had the mic. For me, boys, special teams wash in terms of the the talent on both sides. You know, I, I think that both teams are really buttoned up on special teams. I think both offenses are good. I think both defenses are good. And I think that what this game ultimately comes down to is the team that makes the least mistakes on when they have the football. The team that handles the football the most with the most efficiency, with the ability to get the ball up and down the field and take points when they're there, that's been a huge philosophy change for the Chiefs as well. I think they're a lot more comfortable with getting through with Harrison Butker and living with the defense, and they have been all season. I think that's a huge key in this game. Get into points range. Get down there. Because once you're down there, you're guaranteed three, and we're always looking for seven. Take care of the football and guarantee yourself points on every drive, and I think that this is a huge, awesome opportunity for the Chiefs to win. Road dogs in the playoffs? Get the hell out of here. It's Kansas City all the way. Johnny, we'll go to you next. Yeah, one quick thing um, I wanted to float your guys' way. I just think that I was looking at the injury report. Um, Wanye and Kadarius both practiced in full. I was just kind of think, what do you do here? I think that they just, like, Keep the continuity that we've had. No disrespect to Wanye. Like, he, he had a couple of games starting there. But, like, why why change your left tackle going into this game? They've got to stick with Donovan Smith, even if he practiced, if Wanye practiced full. And then on the Kadarius side, uh, just just keep him out. Like, just, just it's, you know, there were out. times where I, there were t- a bunch of podcast time that we spent, and I, I argued why 
why this team needs Kadarius out there. I, just I mean, leave him not. Out. Just an inactive. Inactive, right, Blaine? I had that thought, too. I mean, I, I had that exact thought, actually, the other day, and then I was like, oh, I had those two Super Bowl touchdowns. Ah, well, no, you're right. You're right. Keep the mojo where it needs to be. It's been good without him. Why change it, right? Well, I'm watching the Missouri State Bears right now trying yeah. to get to double overtime, and they will. They do. They do get to double overtime. I, uh, I j- No? Yes? No? Chance. Oh, you know, you're right. I was just ahead of you. <laughs> okay. They are going to double overtime with, with Drake. So, um, li- little break there. But that I, I posed that question with Juan Yang Kadarius because I, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Chandler, you really kind of just took the words out of my mouth. I'm so excited for this matchup. Like, it's two phenomenal teams. It's going to be decided in the margins. Uh, a lot of people are already taking Baltimore. They will never learn um, to, to to really cons- – I mean, it's been the entire time with the Chiefs, like when we get to these moments. So many people want the Chiefs to lose. Um, I understand. I wanted the Patriots to lose for so long. But um, give me all the hate. I'll keep all the receipts. I just can't wait for the Chiefs to show up huge in this spot. Like, the, the, no part of me thinks the Chiefs are going to have a letdown here. Like, it, Baltimore much more would have a letdown here than Kansas City. Yeah, no, my point goes back to what I was trying to say earlier about Houston just kind of fell off in that football game, and it got ugly fast, but it was 17-10. to 10. Houston went on a nine-play drive out at a half, and then it was 34-10. to 10. Boom, gone. Patrick Mahomes is not going to allow that. He's not going to have three or four drives with no points after marching down the field because we have Harrison Buckner and Bucker and the confidence in him, but also just continue to be efficient with the running game. Houston ran the ball guys for 38 yards last week, 38. Isaiah Pacheco will have that in the first two drives. I promise you. And if you can do that and establish the run and allow Patrick Mahomes to dissect this Baltimore defense, I have a lot of confidence and I have a lot of confidence in the fact that, as you guys have said, our defense can come around to that and keep it close throughout. Keeping a close, keeping a game close with Lamar Jackson trying to make those big plays is going to be the, a, a massive difference. I have a prop of 0.5 over interceptions for Lamar Jackson. I encourage you to take it. I think we force one, and that's a big thing. I have no one has said yet. Chiefs have got to turn the football over or, or, or make Baltimore turn the football over. The Chiefs defense hasn't done it all year. Here's your chance to do it. Get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes as much as you can at the bank, a tough place to play, and you're going to be successful. They were hunting the football against Buffalo and just couldn't get their paws on it. So well, Get your paws on it this week. Seriously, rip at the football. You might as well. You don't have anything else to lose. AFC Championship game on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central. The Chiefs are going to be at the bank to take on the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be epic. Boys, real quick, anybody got any crazy plans? I will be watching it in my apartment by myself on full psycho mode. I'm sure my neighbors probably think that I have some sort of Tourette's or some serious illness (laughs) every Sunday. It's the only day that I'm really that loud. But, man, I was loud this past Sunday. I let let out a ball when Josh fumbled that you probably could have heard in Illinois. I mean, it was crazy, guys. It was crazy. But you guys got any plans for Sunday? What do you got, Blaine? Yeah, I will be uh, doing pretty similar to what I did last week. But I'm having people in my basement, and we're going to watch it. Same place, same time. 
One thing I know, whenever I was high and tight with my football, Chandler, get it out. It, it, Chiefs played a lot better with football in the hand. I, 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 that's, a, that's a thing for us, right? In your hand, it. yes, but I went no football the whole game. Okay, let's keep it that way. But also, See? I wanted to – yeah, no – so we're going to get brunch before. I think this two o'clock kick is really fun for Kansas City because you can day drink a little bit and then slow down and dissect before Monday's work day. But we went to book some mimo like what do they have like Tower Mimosas, restaurants that have it. And the first two places I looked for like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock bookings were all booked out. I think Kansas City has an idea. They're going to go to the bars before, go home, watch the game, stay in, recover, and just really enjoy the day. And that's my plan along with I feel like I'm going to see a lot of red out on the streets at about 10 a.m. In, in downtown Kansas City. My plans are not crazy at all. More in line with with Chandler. Not that Blaine's were crazy, but, you know, in, my, in, in the past, I would want, you know, being a full-fledged psycho, I usually, like, when I'm really excited for a Chiefs game, like, I'm up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock, even before I had a kid, because I, I, I can't sleep because I'm so excited to watch the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a feeling that's going to happen this time around. I think we're going to, you know, very, very, uh, very exciting here. But I honestly think it's just going to be me and my wife and my son and he naps from one to three. I don't know if the nap's going to be happening because I was also sh like screaming at the television. <laughs> Actually, when when McColl fumbled that ball through the end zone, I think I melted into a puddle of sadness on the floor. I yeah. actually lost the ability to stand when that happened because I move our ottoman closer to the TV so I have room to pace in front of the couch and behind the couch. Every play, I'm I'm telling Emily what personnel that we're in. She has no idea what I'm talking about. Um, and yeah, I I need. This is why I struggle going to like bars and stuff to watch game games now because I need move uh, room to move. I need real yeah. estate. I need to swing my arms, and um, I need to be able to say any word or thought that comes into my mind at full volume. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that come to my mind that are not appropriate for public settings. So I've really, I've had to confine myself to either watching by myself, watching with my wife, or watching with my fellow psychos at Arrowhead. There's really no other acceptable place for me to watch. And so I will be in the living room, ready to go. Not texting you guys, by the way. Phone will be down because for some reason, I think Chandler has the fastest stream feed in the world i also have the slowest stream feed in the world <laughs> and so we just we, we just can't we just can't so my phone oh. will be down during the game i love it awesome football on this weekend championship weekend listeners hope you enjoy it all chiefs fans let's go baby sunday afternoon i really hope the chiefs win because that lions game is going to be awesome at night as well but johnny made a great point about it might not be might not be watchable. Um, at least, you know, maybe not the main TV. But it's gonna be awesome. Johnny Blaine, appreciate your time. Uh, we'll talk on Monday for the recap show. Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs!